Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Cookbook Circle podcast. I'm Victoria. And I'm Hannah. And simply put, we review cookbooks. We take one book for each episode and both cook a couple of dishes, then discuss what we liked more likely what we didn't like and give it a rating out of five like all the best recipes it's pretty simple and if you love what we do we're now on patreon this means if you'd like to support us your subscription will help cover the podcast costs from the books themselves the ingredients of what we cook and in return you'll get some fun stuff to find out more visit our website thecookbookcircle.com or you can find the link in our show notes thanks friends now for the podcast Hello. Hi. We've got to get better at that. We do, don't we? Good, good evening. It's the evening, lads. Literally eight o'clock. It's bang on eight o'clock. <laughs> Hello from Ireland. Where this? Hi. Where I'm returned. not in Ireland. <laughs> no, say hello to you from the motherland. Oh, <laughs> My accent is going to be about three times stronger during this yeah. podcast. People are like, who, who is this person on this podcast? <laughs> uh, apologies, dear, dear listeners. This podcast is late. We're late for a very important date. It's my fault. Got some, uh, got some fun stuff going on, hence being back here. But it's going to make a fun and interesting episode. It's not fun. It's not fun book. stuff that you've. It, it, that sounded too sincere. Like the stuff you've got going on is not fun. Just to you know, Hannah is not having a fun time. That's why we are late. Hannah no, is having yeah, a, sorry. A, a stressful time, and that's why it is late. But it does make for an, it's going to make for an interesting podcast. <laughs> My sarcasm. I need like a little sarcasm siren. Um, yes, because I don't have the book. I didn't bring the book home. I brought my mic, and I brought. My headphones and everything. Brought the dog. He does not like fairies. We've we've learned that much. Uh, but yeah, don't have the book, so we're gonna have to change things up when it comes to <laughs> when I talk about what I cooked. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. It's fine. 
It's totally fine. The important thing is you've cooked something. That's true. And I'm here to talk about it. Exactly. Would you would you do would you be willing to do like a monologue episode? You know, I thought about this when we, we were gonna be delayed and I was like, can you imagine? Like <laughs> how <laughs> like it would be so boring. And I would just be laughing at my own jokes for you know, probably about three hours. It would just be this, you know, I'd go off on my own tangents because I do that when I just monologue anyway. Uh, so it would, be, be, it would be quite a ride. I would listen to that all day long. You'd have to, to, <laughs> to try and cut it down. <laughs> I feel like we send each other mini monologues all day anyway on voice notes. We are voice noters. We are big voice noters. Hannah sent me a voice note the other day, which started with, oh, sorry, I've just managed to get outside. So uh, <laughs> it's the first time I've been able to send you a voice note. Because <laughs> we've been like literally texting. He's <laughs> yeah. just, I was worried, you know, you'd forgotten what I sounded like. It just rains so much in Galway, man, honestly. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what's been going on with you? What you been seeing, liking, doing, watching? Well you know lots of things i'm going on holiday again tomorrow uh so Ooh. i'm i'll be back with my buffet content again next for next for the next episode um but you know who i think has been absolutely killing it on instagram recently and i know that not us not us no. <laughs> sorry lads sorry we try i'll be better same <laughs> i'm gonna do better this time <laughs> Anyway, I know that you think this person is also great on Instagram. Jake Cohen. Yes. No relation to Sandy, as far as I'm aware. That's an OC, <laughs> That's an OC reference for yeah. any, you know, fellow millennials. <laughs> <laughs> but he is a cookbook author and chef. I don't, I don't know what his background is at all. But he released a book last year called Jew-ish. As in slightly brilliant name. Jewish. Brilliant name. Oh, maybe I need one called Irish. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no, be original, Hannah. Come up with your own What podcast. would be your signature Irish, Irish? <laughs> Is the Ire part too, too close to, you know, <laughs> yeah. bad, bad vibes? <laughs> <laughs> What would be my Irish dish? Obviously, like a chicken fillet roll. The, yes, the, the signature with potato salad. <laughs> no, I don't think many people put potatoes. They they do like tomato lettuce. Like I used to have to make them in in when I worked in a supermarket deli. And you ask the same questions every time. They're like, someone would come up and they'd be like, "Can I have a chicken fillet roll?" And you go, "Brown or white bread." <laughs> the same. and then you go ketchup or mayo <laughs> and then it'll be like spicy chicken or plain <laughs> then it's like, lettuce and tomato would you get spicy chicken or plain i would get spicy chicken come on yeah got some personality <laughs> but anyway yeah that book coming to you 2023 <laughs> <laughs> wow you're working hard <laughs> can't even get a podcast out but i can uh, work on a cookbook <laughs> i saw um this is a relic this is not anything to do with jake cohen but just this whole conversation reminded me of a, a tweet that i saw on uh helen rosner who is the new york she writes for the new yorker 
about food. It, ah. It, it, New York, I'm pretty sure the New Yorker. She's very, very good. She's on one of David Chang's uh, Ugly Delicious, I think, when they, ah. possibly the umami one, when they eat Chinese food and around, this is irrelevant. Drink every time I say this is irrelevant in a podcast recently. <laughs> but she retweeted this thing, or, or this tweet yesterday that just said, <laughs> And I lost it. I was like, just looking at my lounge. I was like laughing so hard. And it just said, I love New York. Where else in the world can you get a sandwich? That's all it said. It's not even. That is. That is. Like, that is the beauty of Twitter, right? Like, you know, a joke like that doesn't work in many other formats yeah. but that is pretty good r.i.p twitter <laughs> R.I.P. Twitter. <laughs> maybe we should have talked about that no we should Ugh. Ugh. jake cohen he's brilliant that book is great and he recently kind of went not vi- viral maybe isn't the right word but he's very popular for like a he has in that book he has like an upside down apple and honey Peach. cake for Peach. peach is that not what i brought down brought down that's what i was gonna say you brought me the peach one but i think in the book it's an apple ah. cake because it's for jewish new year which gotcha okay yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, which is all great... apples and honey right and yes he was doing it with all different fruits and because it was a yeah, summer he's turning them all upside down Bananas, yeah he did a banana peaches. one yeah but generally his instagram go follow him Jake Cohen, yeah. He makes the recipe on like a reel and he puts the recipe in the comments so it's all there. Yeah, Hannah made me his upside down peach cake for my mm-hmm. birthday and it was so good. I love peaches. It was so good because it was quite salty. Yeah. The batter was quite salty and I love that. And you could really kind of taste it, like the, yeah. not in a bad way, but like, no. and I love that. Yeah, it's, um, I think his, his recipes are pretty solid. He has a lot of like, oh, he has this cornbread one, right? I yes. think we're a bit obsessed with cornbread. But this jalapeno cheddar cornbread that looks amazing. Which I saw and I was like, oh my God, I need to send it to Hannah. And then I noticed that she liked it. So <laughs> that's I was the story like, okay. of our lives. <laughs> Constantly <laughs> see shit that the other person is like, oh, I see that he's done a pumpkin spice latte cake. Oh, Jake, we'll forgive you. I'll make it. Why these garlic? Cacio e Pepe bagel bites. Oh my goodness. Shut the front door. God, the man. This is what made me want the book. He has an everything bagel galette. So, a tomato galette. So, it's exactly what you imagine. And then, just, yeah, the pastry is sprinkled with everything bagel seasoning, which I love. How do you feel about everything bagel seasoning? I feel like you go about to say something controversial. No, I'm not. I just, it's such a yeah, American thing, right? We don't get it that much here. So I want to re-experience that. Uh, I don't know if I've experienced enough of it. I've maybe had like one everything bagel in my life. You know why I think it is? I think because you don't really get like onion granules here. You know, like that's in a yeah. lot of American recipes or onion powder. You get like garlic powder, but I feel like onion... Yeah, a little granules. granules. I'm doing like a little thing <laughs> with my hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm open to the every, everything bagel. I'm also intrigued by this caramelized onion and corn dip that he has on his Instagram. Corn. He's on TikTok too, right? 
He must be. He must make all these videos for TikTok and then just put them on Instagram like everyone, you know. For does. boomers like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're all over TikTok. The TikTok. Yeah, but my algorithm just gives me, you know, things that I wouldn't buy again as a first time mom. It's like, oh my God. Oh, yeah. My baby is almost one. Like, I don't need to know about your wipe warmer. Oh, a wipe warmer. Yeah. The very American thing. <sighs> and just in a sigh. Yeah, I feel like you didn't hear that. But her face is very funny. Anyway, Jake Cohen, I'm a big fan. I made these just a, you know, from that book actually. Uh the, he's got these like like chewy chocolate and cardamom cookies. Yes. And they're so chocolatey, like an like an there's an insane amount of chocolate in there. And cardamom, amazing. And I took them for something somewhere i don't remember what and they went down a real treat they sound great because the cardamom would cut through the chocolate right to make it not too sweet yeah can i just off topic give another shout out to ed kimber who's i thought you were gonna say otolengi but yeah you can (laughs) (laughs) i know who doesn't get enough credit (laughs) yotam a little known chef don't know if you've ever heard of him bloody ed kimber is so good i made that carrot cake again for my family and the neighbours because my little squirt of a dog kept running into their garden and barking at the birds in their trees. And uh, so I was like, oh God, I better just bake them something and send like my niece over next door with it. And I made that carrot cake. <laughs> and it's just so good. The brown butter in the icing within the cream cheese icing and there's like cardamom in the batter and it's oil. It's just bloody great. My sister Eris, is, like does not really have much of a sweet tooth and even she was just like Throwing it into her body. <laughs> we should try and find that recipe online and we will it is online. put it up on our stories. Is it? Great. Yes, yeah, we'll but save it. I remove all the chocolate. So he does it's there's chocolate in there. I take it out. I don't it's not that I don't think that it won't work. I, I trust him implicitly, but uh I just can't be ours. So yeah. Do you have you ever made it with chocolate? No. Chocolate really drives the cost up of a recipe. So yeah, I it does. Like... Because also, especially when you're making it for someone else, you feel like you have to buy the best chocolate that you can. Yeah, yeah. Little or Aldi are great for chocolate, though. I really rate them. Yeah, but then still in a cost of living crisis. Man, yeah. Anyway, wow. It's 12 minutes, Vic. 13 almost. We haven't even started to talk about... Yo, tell what to Man could have a thousand podcasts. You are, you are, you also, I just like to say you're incredibly um, influential in a number of ways. But uh, saw my younger brother this weekend, and he requested shelf love for Christmas. <gasps> wow, I don't know if that has anything to do with me. But I think it might be to do with you know that Ottolenghi's massive PR budget. <laughs> Not sure I can take credit for that one. We are here to talk about another inspiring female chef as are all of them in this series wow really eloquent we're excited for this one because i feel like we've mentioned her a couple of times previously that we are big fans of her work and she is one georgina hayden hayden i was just going to give a little tidbit into our um behind the scenes of this podcast and by that i mean when hannah and i text each other all day every day (laughs) georgina hayden i feel like 
we're big fans. We've been, yeah. we have been fans of her since our friendship began and unlikely before, but we didn't know each other then. So I couldn't tell you. Um, <laughs> she, she's just wonderful. Her internet content, internet. Why do I keep saying internet? Like I'm some kind of someone's mom. www.instagram.com. She just seems so nice. She does seem very nice and full of life. Very vivacious, I would say. Vivacious is a fun word. I think that the moment that consolidated my love for her was when I saw about this recipe in Taverna, which I think is her second book. I mean, I'm the one who's meant to know about her for this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. And it was the barbecue peaches and halloumi thing, which I did then at my sister's house and it's just like I just thought that's a genius combination and I and and I feel like that's what's really interesting about all of her stuff is it's like not crazy ingredients but combinations that make really good sense like sweet and salty and it's just a bit different I feel like yes the chefs that we like the most are you know like the Easters or whatever who are doing interesting things but with everyday stuff and Georgina Hayden is one of them yeah it her stuff doesn't feel too it doesn't feel inauthentic in that she's not just like, she's not wacky. No. You know, like some chefs are like just putting, you know, the end result is great, but they're putting all sorts of flavors together, which, you know, you could say that about Easter, but it obviously works really well. But Georgina, I feel like she, she has an MO and it's like Mediterranean food and not like Italian Mediterranean, but like, well, you're going to talk about her heritage, I'm sure. but um she yeah I just feel like it all just feels right it just feels yes. so right she's it just the one. feels right if loving her is wrong I don't want to be right <laughs> also she <laughs> sometimes does the cookbook section on Sunday brunch my favorite show to watch <laughs> on a Sunday morning she's been you know <laughs> they would like to us do the football show the football show <laughs> That's Sunday show, the cookbook show. I couldn't do a football show. No. We do a great cookbook section, though. I don't, I'm not we sure would. I know what it's called or something like that yet, but you know. Patience is key. Anyway, shall I tell you a little bit about Georgina Hayden? Was that a yes? <laughs> I said, I said, please. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Please tell me about Georgina Hayden. Sorry, the rest I went of the internet must have uh, <laughs> blipped out at that point. So Georgina Hayden grew up in Tufnell Park in North London. And she grew up above her grandparents' Greek Cypriot Taverna. Hey. So she was like exposed to great food from the get-go. Apparently... One of the first things that she did was like cook fairy cakes with her mum. And that's like a really fond memory for her. And she's tried to bring that into her, like bringing up her children as well. So she she said that like they'd come home from school and make fairy cakes with green and red glacé cherries. Very 80s. And now she passes that on to her own girls. Hmm. But when she got older, she started to learn to make more elaborate stuff, like stuffed vine leaves or this lemony soup that I can't quite pronounce and I would just butcher, but it's a Greek chicken, lemon and egg soup that you make when you're poorly. 
And so it seems like she got into kind of like food styling and recipes, Mm. developing and writing recipes for like TV and magazines, different campaigns and stuff like that. And then she joined. And this is the bit where Vic's eyes are going to roll back. I just remembered what you're about to say as you were saying this. And um, I'm interested (laughs) to hear. Well, she joined Jamie Oliver's food team where she worked for 12 years. Who's Jamie Oliver? No, I don't know. I haven't heard of him. <laughs> but she, yes, yeah, so she's there for 12 years. So I think, you know, she's often referred to as his protege, which I don't know. Sometimes protege can be like a slightly insulting term. But anyway. Depends how much you want to be like Jamie Oliver, I guess. Yeah, true. I think he did kind of, you know, I don't know, probably helped her. It does, I haven't seen that anywhere, but probably helped her like, you know, maybe get book deals or put her in touch with yeah. the right people. So, yeah, she speaks really fondly of him and says that he's just, like, the nicest man in the world and has done so much for her and blah, blah, blah. And then she has written three books. So she kind of went it alone, and her first book was Stirring Slowly, which looks really nice. I think that's just, like, a lot of, like kind of comfort food i've seen her talk about how she loves to like batch make porridge on a sunday and that's that could there's like a porridge recipe in the stirring mm. slowly book and then she wrote taverna which was her second book which is the one i referred to and then she's written this um nistissima she wrote that during lockdown but it's just come out this year apparently she wrote this book which is all vegan because she kept getting asked when she was doing the publicity for Taverna, she was repeatedly asked if there was lots of vegetarian or vegan recipes in there, which there were, but it got her thinking about how people think of Greek and Cypriot food as really meat heavy or like, I don't know, like kebabs and souvlaki and things like that, which it isn't because of the religion, like heavy religion, heavy religion. <laughs> our bad name of the week. <laughs> heavy religion. Heavy religion. <laughs> Because the, the religious backbone of those countries, there's loads of meals that are just like veg, lentils, pulses and stuff like that. So she, that's how she came up with the uh, concept for this book, which is a celebration of the other recipes. And most often they're eaten during times of fasting. So she started writing down her own recipes and experiences and she started reaching out to lots of <laughs> priests, monks, religious friends and peers. <laughs> I just don't know how she knew so many of these, but maybe that's like, I I don't know, respect to Georgina. Um, And then she said the stories and messages that she received were really inspiring. So she started in Greece and Cyprus, but then she expanded the scope to other countries with big Orthodox followings, such as Serbia, Syria, Ukraine, Lebanon. And then she talks about in the intro about the whys and hows of Orthodox fasting. And yeah, I just think... It's a genius concept for a book. Like when when we first got it, I was just like, why has nobody done this before? This is, and she talks a bit in the kind of, yeah, her like all the interviews around this about how there's no like chicken replacements or fake cheese or anything like that. It's It's about new, exciting dishes that actually just happen to use vegan ingredients. And like, this, it's just so good. And there's loads of sweet stuff in there. I just think... If I were vegan, I would be so happy that this book existed because it's yeah. like... Because it's exciting, isn't it? Like, it's yeah. it's not... I feel like it's not marketed as a vegan book. 
like really it's not like oh this is this new vegan book from georgina hayden it's yeah like you say a book that happens to be vegan and it has all these beautiful stories and also you're like learning so much about you know orthodox like fasting and how it works and and yeah you know, this is all, like you said there's these stories from like various monks how, how many and monks that, do you know Vic? <laughs> not as many as georgina hayden that's for sure <laughs> anyway yeah and i just think that it's so it i think if you imagined a book about religious fasting you'd have an idea in your head of what the kind of what kind of food there would be and if you had a a book about vegan i don't know yeah vegan food yeah. in the mediterranean and other places that have orthodox you'd also have another idea but it's nothing like either of those ideas that you're thinking of it is like you say it's so exciting and you know like in uh alice zavlasky's book yeah she would it was it was vegetable based but she would be like add a chicken in here or you should you could add chicken stock or schmaltz or whatever yeah there's none of that here no i, I don't think kind of didn't realize it was vegan before we got it did we and then we were like leaving through no. being like oh oh but apparently she said as well it could it was like it was not difficult to find these recipes and the, that the book could have easily been twice the size which makes you just think like what is vegan? like not not what is veganism but like why is it such a like moment now and why haven't we kind of turned to yeah this like really authentic stuff that people have been doing really well for centuries before instead of just like trying to do like a fake like i don't know cauliflower cheese or something yeah it's made so, out of like so much good stuff. just chemicals it's also not like a health food book right she says that in the intro like this isn't about a diet like you know you're not going to you know, I'm not here to help you lose weight or whatever, you know, and a lot of these recipes are like very rich and she obviously uses a lot of olive oil and yes, her one like controversial thing is like honey, right? She says, look, we use a lot of honey. Yeah. If you don't think it's vegan, use like a date syrup or, or something yeah, instead. Yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be all on you to come up with the little, you know... <laughs> excerpts from the book by the way i'll just listen really nicely while you talk about them <laughs> yeah i just like i i love the bit the intro like where she like you say she talks about how the fasting works and mount athos but she talks about what times of the year that people in the orthodox religion fast and there's a lot i thought if you'd asked me i knew lent and like you know i know there's a different easter tradition in uh the orthodox church and all that kind of stuff i knew that that was a fasting time but all these other days and like how some days you can eat meat it's 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 fascinating i you know again you don't need to know this but i sat and read that whole beginning bit in the bath one night uh and the bath that hasn't been seen since the molly bars incident of yes and i thought about that quite a lot uh i was definitely a different uh shape there's only one human in it am i (laughs) i didn't drop it in and she's not talking about date night with steve (laughs) no i'm not my giant start anyway i am not pregnant for this one yeah and i just yeah i i flicked through it and i was like oh there's i you know tagged so many pages that i was excited about I feel like this is my cookbook catnip, is learning about like a whole 
you know, there's so I'm doing a weird connecty thing with my fingers. There's like learning about a whole kind of culture or something that you didn't know about and the great food. Like that, that that's just the best thing. Like and because how many fucking Italian cookbooks are there? Like we don't need any more. Yes. But like stuff like this is just so interesting and actually really useful as we all try to like Advent. I thought that was another one where like it's just fascinating, yes. interesting traditional things yeah yeah we need to do more like because didn't i email you a list of cook and the most exciting cookbooks of yes. the year or something from that nick miller email list nick miller and the topographic kitchen which is a great email newsletter to sign up to and so many of hers were like great like cookbooks from like different african countries and like south yes. america and stuff like that and i think they would be really interesting to do there was like a whole pierogi cookbook, wasn't there? There yes. was the, was it Tala or Taka? It was like an Eastern Europe. Yeah, <laughs> Eastern Europe. I'm I'm here for it now. <laughs> so yeah, maybe that's next season niche. Yeah, regional, you know, or event cookbooks. Yes, just to coincide with the launch of Irish. Yeah, the Irish. Chicken yeah. fillet baguette. <laughs> Encyclopedia. <laughs> what else would be in there like the breakfast roll the breakfast roll would it be a whole sandwich book <laughs> no there would be just like a section for the super you know the petrol station deli which is the cornerstone of irish cuisine very similar to um tim anderson's new book bowls and bento which was supposed to be called he said that he wanted to call it your at home combini which is like oh. the japanese corner shop so <laughs> it's the cute. same yeah, it's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, shall we talk about talk about what we cooked? Yes. Looking at you. Looking at me. So just remember, Hannah does not have the book. So <laughs> when we get to her recipes, I, I'm talking you through. <laughs> no, what we're going to no. do is I'm going to say what I cooked. And then I'm going to try to remember the ingredients and the, the method. And Vic is going to give me uh, points for each step that I get get right. It's like a game show. It's great. Yeah. I play this with Stephen when the football is on. I get up a list of the team. He's a Man United supporter. And I tell him he has to guess the team. I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. You'll be unsurprised to know who always gets it right. <laughs> Yeah, because he fucking knows everything. Love you, anyway. Steve. Right, I made two things. I bought the stuff to make three things, uh, but the third thing, I just did never have time. I did never. <laughs> I did I never, have, never time. have time. <laughs> I do solemnly swear that I did never have time. <laughs> it was one of those things that I thought was a good idea at the time, and then I realised it was like a two-hour recipe, and I don't have two hours to make a recipe no. in the day, really. That you know, a recipe that requ- anyway, this is relevant because uh, this is relevant drink. <laughs> so the first thing I made was the <laughs> prebranac. I'm gonna Ooh. I'm gonna butcher the things: uh, caramelized onion, baked beans, a classic of Serbian cuisine. Oh yes. Hmm. I said, oh yes. Yeah. Did you make <laughs> these as well? I made these. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried that we might have made the other thing was the same as well. No, we won't have. We won't have. No, we won't thing have. That I no, made. no. Uh, okay. This is great. This, this is, is great. great. This is great. This is a really interesting recipe. 
and you know, as we know, I love beans. That's all I talked about on my, the most recent <laughs> Patreon episode. Yeah, <laughs> beans, we both beans love beans. Thing. Well, you love beans, and I love caramelized onions. And I love a caramelized onion recipe because I like to tear down how long people say you should cook your caramelized <laughs> onions for until they are caramelized. <laughs> Does she get it right? Georgina gets it right, right? She says thirty minutes. Yeah, still no, right? So this is great. So. Hannah's. Do you want to guess the ingredients? My, my, my master plan has worked out really well. I just don't have to talk about mine now. Guess the ingredients. Was it three onions? It was six onions. <laughs> Maybe I halved mine. <laughs> yeah, it is a massive recipe. It is. I took it for lunch for a couple of days, actually. It was great. This butter beans, right? Yes. Two tins? Four tins. Four. You must have yeah. halved it. Yeah. <laughs> Four tins or 500 grams of dry. And then she has a whole section about if you're cooking them from dry, but obviously neither of us did that. (laughs) No, never do. Never have, never will. (laughs) Smoked paprika is is in it too, isn't it? Or sweet paprika. Sweet paprika, yeah. I think I used smoked. Anyway. I think I did as well, to be honest. (laughs) What else is in there? There's eight garlic cloves in there. Oh, yes. That's right. Hannah used four. Uh... (laughs) Welcome to and that's it. And sea salt and pepper, and not sea pepper, uh, but just normal black pepper. And... I feel like sea pepper is some like <laughs> bullshit, like vegetable that like some Michelin star chef will start like foraging. <laughs> yeah, like like sea buckthorn or whatever that thing is. That's like very... and then parsley to serve. Uh, she also has a bay leaf in there, but that is if you're doing your butter beans from dry. Yes. That's a Nigella thing. She cooks her dried beans with a bay leaf and oh, an onion. She? But but Georgina, anyway, this is irrelevant. Well, it's not irrelevant at all. Uh, so no, it is a case of, so you've got six onions, you put the oven on to 200, 180 degrees fan, and then she calls it a flame-proof casserole. Did you notice? Yes, which made me think of Julia Child. Yeah. Oh, oh, fond memories. Did you see that the original Julie from... No, Julia. Yes. No, the original Julie from Julie and Julia, who wrote the book, died, which was really sad. She was quite young. Yeah, I think she, from all accounts, I think that I read that she's quite troubled. Oh, that's sad. That's yeah, that's sad. Yeah. Anyway. And Aaron Carter. What a sad... I mean, he has nothing to do with food, but what a sad week. Yeah. It's always jarring when someone's the same age as you, isn't it? Mm. That really got me. Yeah. Didn't have quite the same childhood. (laughs) No. I have a lot less facial tattoos than Aaron Carter does. Did. Just my two black (laughs) teeth. I don't talk Uh. about that time in my life. (laughs) That's why we don't put our faces on the internet. (laughs) Because... And I spent some time in a, you know, tough Galway prison. <laughs> For crimes against chicken fillet rolls. <laughs> anyway, this is going well. So you chop your onions, you put your onions in your flame-proof casserole and you caramelise them. She says... Saute the onions slowly over a medium-low heat for about 30 minutes until golden and sticky. I don't think that's enough time on a medium-to-low heat, but maybe if you have a gas oven, it just depends, doesn't it, a gas hob. 
she suggests if the onions start to catch even a little, add a splash of water. Yeah. How do you feel I like about that? that little tap. You I do? Know, because mine released quite a lot of water, so I didn't really ever feel the need for that. But I thought that was interesting. I think that happens if you try to rush it, though, doesn't it? The caramelizing. Yeah. Vic is nodding sagely. <laughs> As an experienced onion caramelizer, she knows. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I don't mind the odd little, you know, crispy edge. <laughs> That's because yeah. I'm rough and ready, you know? It's true. Rough around the edges, that's what they call me. Down to earth gal. <laughs> I'm a beach gal. <laughs> I also you when you <laughs> when you get your beans, you have to drain your beans from the tin. You have to save the tin water. Yeah. Yeah, liquid. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I don't like that like soupy bean liquid. <laughs> Makes me feel a bit funny. <laughs> Did you not save it? I did. No, I actually, do you know what? I think I did um, one beanie soupy liquid, one regular <laughs> water. Because <laughs> I just don't like it. It creeps me out. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got your onions. They're caramelizing. For the last 10 minutes, you add your garlic, your eight garlic cloves, and your paprika, tablespoon of sweet paprika in. Boom, boom, shake the room. They go in lovely color. Yeah, I like paprika a lot. Yeah, me too. Good name for a cat. Oh, it is a good name for a cat. Or a, a bird. <laughs> I don't like a bird called paprika would be great. Oh, my God. This recipe is so simple, and we've been talking about it for, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> and we're not even, it's not even in the oven yet. Yeah, so I didn't read the bit about the oven. I was just going what do you to... mean? I just... I was... You're just going to mix your beans steps. in? <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to mix my beans in. I thought it was going to reduce down on the hob. Got you, okay. But it reduces in the oven for a very long time. Yes, <laughs> a really long time. She says an hour to an hour and a half. It took mine closer to, like, two. Oh, shit, did it? I think I got impatient, and I was a bit worried about my gas bill. <laughs> Yeah, that's it, right? <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah, so basically you put your, once your, your onions are done, you put your beans into your flame-proof casserole along with 750 mils of the bean juice. Uh, so Ooh. that's the cooking liquid if you cooked, if you did your beans from dry or the tin juice if you did it from <laughs> <laughs> Why? Tin juice. That's my band's name. Oh, sounds like tin um, juice. 
and then that's it. You literally, oh, you, you uh, season it, which I forgot to do. And so I had no. to, I've remembered, I remembered that I forgot to do it like halfway through, like 45 minutes in. I was like, fuck, like ran <laughs> down and tried to like stir some <laughs> salt and pepper through. Idiot. But it's fine. And you literally just leave it so there. She says they should be, the end result should be golden on top with soft and oozy beans underneath. Remove the casserole from the oven, set aside, let the beans cool. She says you can have them warm or at room temperature. Uh, you can put the parsley on top and she says serve with crusty bread and they're even better reheated the next day or the day after. Which I agree with. Me too. They were, lunch. they were great. I, I liked them a lot. There was too I much. Too. I should have halved it like you did. Yeah. No, I liked it a lot. I did my other thing, one of my other things at the same time while the oven was on kind of a thing. I feel like got, it's yeah. something that you should do whilst you've got some other things yes. going on in the oven. Times are tough, you know? Can't be just having the oven on for one pot of beans. <laughs> you've got to get you the can't. maximum. You throw everything in there. <laughs> Even they are, they are a giant tin of beans, like, like four, 400 yeah. gram tins of butter beans. That's a lot of beans. I thought that maybe it would be nice. They were delicious on their own. I thought it would be nice if you, obviously it's not vegan, but if you like sprinkled some like feta over or like maybe even like a fried egg on top. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't think she's allowed to make those suggestions. No suggestions. So we'll do it for I thought the same about maybe some like pancetta in with the onions yeah. to mix yeah, yeah. through. Or I guess on that same note, like a bacon on top or something. Yes. But I like them a lot. I think I would make them again, especially since they're quite cheap to make, but quite yeah. really full of flavour. I like them a lot. The day I made them for dinner, we had like uh, like a Mexican thing, took oh, fajitas yeah. or something, and we had them with that, and they were like were perfect for that, and they yeah, were really nice. That well. I thought they were nicer warm than they were room temperature. I tried them yeah. both, and I didn't love them room temperature, but they definitely were better the next day. Did you ever watch um, <laughs> the Dennis the Menace film? <laughs> wow. I did not watch the Dennis the Menace film. Where, but it's where he's a boy. It's not like animated. It's like a real Oh, thing. it's it's live action. Live, it's live action, action Dennis the Menace. Dennis. And he meets this man under a bridge. And <laughs> that man is eating cold baked beans from a tin. And that has never left me. <laughs> I found it the most disturbing thing ever wow do you know who eats cold beans from the tin and so it's a big part of my life Stephen Durant my mum oh no way she does not like hot baked beans wow and so if she's ever making if she was ever making beans for us to go with dinner she would you know (laughs) scoop a couple of spoonfuls off the top loves them cold will not touch them warm wow I know wild maybe she watched the dennis the menace film (laughs) and got the idea i'll ask her (laughs) i feel like that was one of those films did you have that like when you were growing up you had like a few films on video and so you ended up watching it loads and loads and loads that was yes i think that was one of my neighbors ones but anyway yeah let us know listeners if you listen to cold or if you listen to cold (laughs) baked beans if you eat baked beans cold from the tin Mm. i want to understand why Mm. (laughs) anyway what's the next thing you made yeah, so just here's my disclaimer. She says oh. in this that you should, you could make them with the peppers on page 116, oh, which yeah. is what I was going to make them with. Right. Did you make the peppers? No. No, okay. Uh, and they're like, again, these like slowly cooked 
peppers. Yeah, they look lovely. They're called like, I think they're, they're also Serbian and they're called like bachelor peppers or something. That's the translation. Slow cooked peppers. Oh yeah, bekar, which is the word for bachelor in, in northern Serbia. And they just look really nice, like just slowly cooked, like but on the hob again. But for a long, long time, yeah, one and a half or two hours. And again, I just didn't, like the oven can do the work, but on the hob, I need to be watching it. And I, I just yeah. didn't have the time to, to make them, but I would make them. And they would have gone really nicely, I think, with those. Yes. The second thing I made was the wish me luck here. <laughs> the colo kithopita. The pumpkin right. and raisin pie with harissa. Oh wow. I don't know if I even saw that. <clears throat> yeah, his it's this one. It's a, it's a like a phyllo pie. Yes. Oh my god, how was that? It was great. I mean, <gasps> there's dill in it, but that's why I knew that you wouldn't have made it. But uh, yeah, it was really good. You know, I love pumpkin, you know, better than your pumpkin pie, I think, of. And you know, the reason I made it actually is because she put it on her Instagram just uh. in the time that she was cooking it on her Instagram at some point during the time that we were making this. And I was like, that looks really good. And I would have passed this by because it looks difficult. <laughs> you know me. Uh, <laughs> I like to phone it in. But it rude. Uh, <laughs> I said not true. Oh, I thought you said true. I just said true. <laughs> I was like, fucking up. <laughs> wow. I hold Hannah, doesn't hold back. <laughs> you uh, roast 800 grams of pumpkin or butternut squash. I use butternut squash. You peel it, obviously, chop it into two centimeter pieces, and you put that in the oven for half an hour with oil, salt, pepper, cinnamon, and harissa paste and sugar. Oh, so it's kind of sweet and you just So you put it on quite high. It's like 220 for half an hour. So with this one, she wants it to catch because you've got the sugar on. So it like catches at the edges, but it's like cooked and soft. It's really nice. That You leave it to cool and then you pop it in a bowl and add bulgur wheat, 40 grams, so not that much at all, uh, 50 grams of sultanas or raisins spring onions and dill chopped spring onions and and chopped dill all right mix everything together like don't mash it smooth but kind of just mash it as it goes because it's yeah um, so it still has a bit of texture yeah and then you get when you're ready to bake you got phyllo pastry which she goes for dairy free but most that you can get here is anyway yeah it's like puff pastry and you lay a sheet of phyllo pastry out and then you, you put some olive oil on it and then lay yes. another one out uh, on top of that, a uh, little bit more oil. And then you put a third of the mixture in like a, a, a long line. She says yes. about four centimetres from the bottom, the pumpkin mixture. And then you roll it up like a cigar. How fun. Oil it. And then you twist it into like a, a, a twist, like a tight yeah coil and that's the middle of your pie right uh and then you do that twice more and then so it makes like a twirly pie oh fun yeah and then you oil on the top in the oven a little bit of salt as well 
in the oven until crisp and deep golden brown. And whilst it's in the oven, you make a, like a garlic oil for the top. Oh, yes. Garlic oil with harissa. So you crush, I think it's just one, one garlic clove, some oil. So heat the oil up, then throw the kind of garlic clove in there, you know, so it, not so it burns. But mm. she says to leave the skin on uh, the garlic clove. Pop it in there and then take it off the heat and add your like tablespoon of harissa. So that kind of just like bubbles away. And then once it's on, discard, you discard the garlic and then drizzle it over your pie with the, yeah. the last bit of dill. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a swirly pie. And I made this for, we had like a little mini Halloween party at Stephen's family's house with Stephen's family for like some of the little ones. And I, I started making it. I was like, I'm going to take it and make it there. And it went down a storm really yeah you wouldn't believe it was vegan yeah i'll bet and it's a nice balance of like not too sweet i guess when you hear like pumpkin and raisin you think and and maybe cinnamon you think it's going to be quite sweet yeah not at all like it's definitely got like it's got that sweetness to it yeah but it's not it's not overpowering it doesn't you know because i don't love raisins in things like in savory foods I feel like a lot of Moroccan food I will like stay away from because it's just not, it's not for me, but it's so few, it's only 50 grams of raisins in that whole thing with 800 grams of butternut squash. So it's actually minimal, but it's got that nice little bite, which I think is what you need, right? So you've got like the crispy phyllo, the raisins, and then you've got the dill in there, which kind of cuts through it. And yes, cinnamon. It's, It's just really, it's a really lovely like autumnal, yes thing and it's like i cut it it looks beautiful as well because it's like a coil coil yeah and all flaky and oh. yeah and who doesn't love phyllo pastry but i feel like you don't it's, cook yeah. with it that much it loved it would absolutely make it again because it was it, it was easy once i knew what to do it was it was easy yeah. and you could maybe make it without the dill you put like parsley in there or something whatever yeah 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 loved it that sounds great i'd like to make that now Baked it in my cast iron pan, mostly for aesthetics, but also uh, it just it. <laughs> I feel like it helped the bottom crisp up. She says to cook it in um, bake it in a springform cake tin. Ah, oh, that is handy. Yeah, so you don't have any sticking issues. Exactly. Was it easy to get filo? Yeah, I found it in big Sainsbury's fairly oh, yeah, easily in the like refrigerated section. Nice. Uh, amazing. That sounds great. Yeah. What did you make? Oh, I just put the book to the, to one side and I was like, I know, I, know, I need the book. <laughs> you're, you're my uh, PA for this episode. I made... Just this one? Um, the what? <laughs> just, just this just one? This one? <laughs> <laughs> um, shut up and get my lunch. I <laughs> made these little uh, caramelised onion butter beans. I don't know if you heard about Ooh. them. <laughs> <laughs> uh no i don't really have anything to add on them i thought they were great as well and just like a really nice comforting wintry kind of dish and a good little lunch thing as well i feel like i talk about batch making a lot of things and bringing it for my lunch but i do like you know people do that so it's important you spent you quite know a lot that. of time in the office over the last few weeks haven't you before yeah. you were in ireland so you needed lunch <sighs> I do need a lunch. The canteen is not going to cut it. The second thing I made were these olive rolls. 
olive rolls. Okay, olive olive parsley and something rolls. They're right before the za'atar or after the za'atar rolls. Olive mint and coriander buns. Olive mint and coriander buns. That's the one. Get this woman a raise. Index there. (laughs) On page forty-two for any listeners uh, reading along with us. Oh, I didn't see these. Yes. So at the end of the last episode, I think you mentioned the Zatar rolls or buns that are that had a kind of moment on Instagram. And I was very tempted to make them. But it was a Sunday morning and bloody supermarket didn't open. How fitting for this uh, book. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know if, if. supermarkets at Crystal Palace aren't opening till midday because they're you know worshipping anyone or if it's just like <laughs> been out the night before and I couldn't get in I had a bit of satire but not enough so I was like oh, I'll just make these olive ones and as you saw when you came to visit there is a couple of like Greek delis there so I was able to get these really beautiful black olives um Ooh. in a jar she says she's pitted ones but these had stones but it there weren't it wasn't that many that I could just like pit them myself yeah, I was just really excited by these. I love any bread with olives. Olives are kind of a bit of an addiction of mine and I always get them on pizza. But so this um, recipe, <laughs> I think the ingredients were... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, let's olives, say um, ingredient bingo. Strong flour or yes. regular flour? No, so 100, flour. 175 grams of pitted black olives, 500 grams bread flour. Yeah, yeast, a sachet, right? Mm-hmm mint coriander she says like a bunch or something or half a bunch which half is kind a of bunch, like vague. Yeah. yeah vague don't know what that means yeah. <laughs> just, just eyeballed it <laughs> like do you mean a bunch from like co-op that's like tiny or like a bunch from the like you yeah, know when you go to an asian market. supermarket and it's like a yeah. fucking yeah, flower bouquet salt can't remember what else goes in there yeah a three quarters of a teaspoon of salt and 100 mils of olive oil yeah and some so, sugar yeah and two onions Oh, yes, the onions. I forgot about the onions. I forgot about the onions at the time as well. I think they were like the last thing to go in. (laughs) So, you know, it was a couple of weeks back now, but I'm going to guess that I, you mix like the yeast and the sugar or something. Did you do it in the water first? And then you put it into the flour? Yeah. Yeah. Vic is nodding. I'm I'm scanning this recipe as you're saying it. Like, yeah, yeah. And then you knead it for a bit before you add in, I think, the fillings. And then it Mm -hmm. rises as one until it's doubled in size, which I thought it's a lot of filling. So there's a lot of olives and they're heavy, right? So I thought like, there's no way this is going to double in an hour with just like one sachet of yeast because it's going to be quite heavy. But actually it did. Like it was, the the recipe was pretty true to to itself. I guess when you're making it in like, greece or cyprus it's pretty warm warm (laughs) yeah yeah, they rise pretty quickly yeah exactly but then once it's done its first rise you knock it back then you knock the yeast back and then you have to work them into buns or into row kind of and i just felt like there was not much guidance on what that shape should be so i kind of like you know divided them into however many was it like I think it's 12 it 12, makes or something. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was just kind of like trying to shape them into like a, you know, a spherical kind of 
bun shape yeah, on the like countertop. Yeah, like a bread roll. Yeah, but she didn't really say, so I would have liked a little bit more guidance on that, Georgina. And maybe, you know, you can let us know what your idea would have been. It was quite, they were quite hard to shape because they had so much. It was like, you know, well yeah. over half of it was like the, the oh, filling. Wow. So kind of plop that. And it's quite a wet dough. But anyway. They were fine. And I, um, yeah, kind of shaped them. They were a little bit messy. And then you, I put them on like two different baking trays and then they rise again. I think they like, you have to leave them for like another hour to double in size. And that's it. They were quite like misshapen by the time that they were going in the oven. But I think I put them in around the same time as my beans were baking. So it was quite handy that you could have like the mm. two of them in at once. And they, I think they bake for about 20 minutes, is it? Yeah, 20 more? to 25, she says. Yeah. yeah. And they smell so good. Put your oven on, she says, full whack. And then when the buns go in, turn them to turn it down to 200. And I put them in and I put the beans in a bit later. But yeah, they were, they smelled so delicious. And there was just like, like I said, there's like, this isn't just a bread roll dotted with a couple of flavorings. Like these are full on, like chunky, got lots going on. And when they come out of the oven and you eat, when you eat them, like the dough, I think it's, it's quite a high hydration. They were, it was really soft, like really, mm. really soft, bready. Oh my God. And because there's olive oil in there, you get like a hint of that as well. Nice. They were so delicious. My lovely neighbor, Sim, had looked after my dog a couple of nights previously and she's vegan. And whenever I've been like giving stuff out around my building because I've cooked too much from the podcast, she's always like, is it vegan? Is it vegan? So this time oh. I was like, oh, I'm just going to message her privately and be like, any yeah. to your home. And like, she came and picked up this like bag of like 10 warm <laughs> olive rolls. She was so excited. But they were delicious. They were so, Amazing. so good. They sound really, so really good. Them. Yeah, I like There's them not a lot. And they're... for these, by the way, which is why I didn't notice them. <laughs> but and, and that's why I didn't really know how to shape yeah. them. It was just like really hard. But you know, whatever. It didn't really matter how they were shaped. They were just bloody delicious. So love this. Yeah, I love this. I want to make them. Yeah, I would really recommend. They're and like probably way easier in a mixer as well, right? <clears throat> And then the last thing I made was a very quick, simple little thing, but it was the sweet and sour leeks. Oh, I remember see this when we first got, yeah, when we first got them. Let me find that. And I think also I've seen them on her Instagram. She actually published these on The Guardian like years ago, I think, because oh. um, I wanted to make them for my sister while I was at home here as well and um, found them on there. And I think it's pretty much the same recipe. I think it's, is it three or four leeks that she uses? Three, yeah. Yeah, and you just chop up, basically like slice them up and you rinse them under water and then there's a couple of cloves of garlic two or three can't remember three yeah yeah so I think you start with the there's quite a bit of olive oil so you warm the olive oil you put your slightly your chopped up garlic cloves in the oil and you heat that for like a minute obviously Mm -hmm. it can burn quite quickly so it's which I did it the second time nearly burned them and then you put like a spoon of castor sugar in yeah which this is important because it does re- you do actually really taste that sugar later on and it counters really nicely with the sour, which is lemon juice. Say so you put your, your oil, your garlic, and then you put your sugar in and then you cook the garlic for a couple of minutes more and then you put in your leeks and I think you cook them for a few minutes to kind of fry them off and then you add in like 75 mils of water, I think, and then you let that cook for like half an hour 
until again she, i think she says until like they're nice and sticky and like basically i think you have the lid on when you're cooking it with the water yeah. and then you take the lid off for the last few minutes to try and evaporate the rest of that water and then at the end when it's like all cooked you just squeeze in the juice of a whole lemon or half a lemon i can't remember a whole lemon yeah a whole lemon and is there herbs i think is there thyme or something an or- oregano or oregano just oregano yes. yeah that's it but they're all like so they don't look great great. they're all kind of like stewed down and like really soft but they're so good the sugar just that sugar and the lemon at the end just make them really interesting like it's just um, I think like you would just end up cooking your leeks like this all the time I made some halloumi I fried off some halloumi and I just had them the leeks and the halloumi on top with like some flatbread or something and it was just a great meal and then yeah I made them for my sister the other night as well and she really liked them too they're just great. Yeah. Just love it. It's great. This book we is great for like lots of different things to make up a lovely meal. Yes. Yeah. Like if you were hosting or something. Yeah. And you had a vegan person, you could make everything from this book and yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. would enjoy it. Yeah. It's just great. And there were loads of things that I wanted to make, none of which I can remember now. And the desserts, I was really intrigued by. There's some like great, yes. I always struggle a little bit around vegan desserts, but there was some in there that looked really good. Yeah, let me refresh your memory before we do that while I'm finding them. It was all of the pies. Like there's like a greens pie. There's the mushroom, potato and cumin brekkias. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yes. Which they looked look amazing. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Pies. And then the spiced onion oil. Did you see that? No. It was just, yeah, just like an oil. It just looks so good. Also, there's a whole drink section, which I love, and preserves yes, and drinks. That's great. Christmas barley pudding is on the pudding. Oh, what are they? They look great. Are these shiamishis? Oh, <laughs> fried orange blossom custard pies. Oh, yes, I have seen them on Instagram. I think they look so good. They look amazing. Roasted cherry and tarragon hand pies. Oh, yes, I saw them. They look really, really good. Ooh. Great for summer. Yeah, a lot of pistachios in the sweets and rose. She likes a bit of rose, doesn't she? It's not my yes. favourite flavour. No, but it's a very, I guess, very kind of Middle Eastern, yeah. Mediterranean thing. Well, halva. Oh. How do you feel about halva? I love halva because it says it's tahini isn't it yeah i basically always have some in my cupboard and it's like my little like sweet hit <laughs> it's so sweet though it would like yeah yeah no i'm upset i love halva i saw that someone made um halva buckeyes you know those buckeye little candies that they make in america which they look like i think they usually make them with maybe peanut butter and it's like a ball and then it's like half dipped in chocolate Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But someone did it with halva. I saw that on Instagram and I was like, that's smart. Basically, peanut butter and tahini and halva are like interchangeable. Yeah, she's got tahini, almond and honey cookies, which sounds right up your street. Yes, 100%. I was quite tempted to make them, actually. Yeah, you can just guess all the things that I wanted to make. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The lost and found cake of St. Fanarios. Wow. Okay, so it's like a... Oh, I read about this, like a cake that you, if you need to find something, you, you make it. Like, I just love all these little, like, stories and mythologies. And, like, she yes. she went out there, right, to Mount Athos and uh, or, or various other places to, to speak to the monks uh, and talk about that. And she, like, interweaves these lovely stories. And it's just so nice. Yeah, it is. It's lovely. 
it's just really special quite like yeah it. It, it just also won like best new cookbook right at the yeah. observer food yeah. Month awards which just what an achievement for a, a book about religion kind of and fasting and it's vegan and for, yes. and that's like voted by the public like yeah that is incredible it's amazing like it, and it, yeah. it, it absolutely deserved but i'm just glad that she's getting the recognition, recognition. for it because yeah right? she looked so thrilled with that as well like she yeah. kept posting on instagram about it and she just looked gassed as the kids say i've really learned that this is a new new phrase that i'm not she looks gassed yeah gassed i, I was so gassed um, <laughs> the thing that i would like to make most of hers and this isn't in this book but it is something that's like fascinated me for ages because in addition to georgina hayden who is uh, obviously a very close friend of mine <laughs> i have a greek cypriot friend very good friend ah. and she also loves georgina hayden you know they just they get each other so shout out to Ritza but around Easter time there's my Instagram isn't loading annoying so around Orthodox Easter time there's these like halloumi buns oh. I think they're called flowners flowners <gasps> I don't know how to say it f-l-a-o-u-n-e-s and my friend Ritza makes them and Georgina Hayden has a recipe for them and they're they're quite involved it's a lot of like it's, it's like they're halloumi and you have to grate it and there's like a dough and but the finished product just looks so great oh they sound so good even though Anna, we know my um, feelings aren't great at halloumi but you know i'm <laughs> yeah, willing to make an exception but they yeah look out for it around easter time like oh she and i was one of the oh, i'm gonna make it i'm gonna make it this year anyway so i just wanted to give a shout out to those because you know maybe they i'll hold good. myself accountable accountable <laughs> accountable accountable <laughs> i'm accountable for that shall we rate let's rate let's rate shall i um just quickly talk about our rating just system just quickly just you know just, just, <laughs> just give quickly. us a quick rundown so we <laughs> i'm not gonna do it in accent. <laughs> no we do that too much what, and i'm so yeah. sorry so we rate every book every every episode we rate every episode every 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 episode you have to listen to why we rate uh out of five criteria mm -hmm. criteria say the same things that we mark the book out of change every time so the five things are before we tell you what we're going to rate nistismia out of usability and accessibility that's, that's one. one ingredients used uh are they easy to find etc aesthetics are the pictures good <laughs> basically more and more that's the victoria one uh, yeah. and that's followed by number four which is is it veggie friendly which is the hannah one <laughs> and then finally is it inspirable inspirability so inspired hashtag blessed hashtag, hashtag inspired blessed. <laughs> you are my inspiration you i are... am obsessed <laughs> I really think obsessed has to be one of the most overused <laughs> words of 2022. I'm literally obsessed with you. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed oh. with that. It's um, always something you're not that obsessed with either. Yeah. Like, it's something really random like clouds or something. I am obsessed. Yeah. Or like a shitty TV show. Like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with those boots. I feel like that's what people say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could not read this book 
and not rate out of monks <laughs> because they are everywhere. It's a book. little hidden monk on every page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little fra- Name some famous monks. <laughs> Friar Tuck's the uh, only one, really, isn't he? Monk fish. <laughs> monk bean. There's <laughs> a really famous Irish criminal called the monk as well. <laughs> Bob Monkhouse. <laughs> That's someone, right? <laughs> Is it someone? He's a comedian. Yeah, yeah, he's a comedian. None of them actual monks, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I get all my monk information from Nistisma. <laughs> so I know about the Mount Athos monks and no, no others. <laughs> you need to go on Monkpedia. <laughs> Monkpedia. Wow, I'm so um, sorry. Anyway, shall I rate and shut up? Hannah, yeah. shut, up, shut and up and Ray. Shut up and Ray. Ray, Ray. Ray. <laughs> Usability and accessibility, I'm giving it one. Ingredients used. <laughs> Just made a little sound. Victoria like has been um, replaced by her like less than one year old child who's going to <laughs> and everything. You love um, to see it. Usability and accessibility, that's one point from me. Uh, ingredients used, yeah, I think I could maybe, no, no, I'm giving it a point. I didn't struggle with anything. It was hard to find the Zashar, but that's because nothing was open. <laughs> was it hard to find? The, the Zashar. Tartar. It's a Zashar. But it's hard to find, you know, anything when shops are literally shut. Aesthetics, yeah. <laughs> It's not my favourite, like, prettiest book ever, I don't think. I don't know. Maybe I'm just going to give it a half there. But okay. anyway, vegetarian, veggie-friendly, it would be really cruel if I gave it nothing when it literally has, like, not even mention of an animal product Too in vegan. there. So, yeah. So that's one. And inspirability, I'm absolutely giving it one. I found it very, very exciting and interesting and made me want to cook all of the things. I just think it's great for like, you know, more and more we, you have people coming around or you need to bake stuff that is, you know, vegan friendly because those guys are multiplying. (laughs) So it's a, it's a cookbook for the modern age. I would say so. And also sometimes you just don't know whether people are vegan or not when you go to a thing and you, you yeah, shouldn't we make them wear a bell? (laughs) I've made that joke before. I'm pretty sure I've made that joke before. <laughs> Old material only. Cool, cool. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's only, that's nothing against the vegans. I love them. Oh, excuse me. Vic's allergic on the other hand. I'm allergic to Hannah's shit jokes. <laughs> <laughs> you wench. Anyway, come on, tell us about your rating there. Sneezing. Come on, tell us. <laughs> Usability and accessibility. Access- my accessibility. <laughs> we're scrapping US accents. We're going for Kiwi. Accessibility. Um, maybe you and your uh, siblings could write a cookbook and call it Accessibility. <laughs> Come on, Hannah's three sisters. That's funny. That's a bad joke. Anyway, okay. Aren't, aren't you? Oh, yeah, we actually are. We're all half Scottish, yeah. Wow. So, 
it gets one monk for accessibility <laughs> and, and usability. Uh, ingredients used. I'm taking half a point off for uh, ingredients because there was a couple of things the spiced onion oil which was the, the thing i really wanted to make it had like baharat the, that like which was like a zatar oh, yeah. style like mix of spices and i could not find it in the two supermarkets i have near my house uh <laughs> i was annoyed and i really would have liked to have made that so then there was a couple of other things and i was like oh okay. i'm sad that and especially i think with some of the sweet stuff like ro- stuff with roses, you know, that's hard mm, to find. That's fair, yeah. So that's coming off. I'm giving it one for aesthetics okay. because I liked it. I, I thought it was really, yeah. The, all the things I cooked, all the things, the two things I cooked, you know, they looked like the pictures. So <laughs> I'm happy about that. And veggie friendly, obviously, that gets one monk. And then inspirability, <laughs> yeah, another monk because so i will go back to it for sure so a four four and a half monks <laughs> which half of the monk are you disposing of bottom half top half or is just well, you know i imagine the bottom half because then they couldn't cook for me if i disposed of the top half can't really see the bottom half anyway they're little brown <laughs> <Exactly>. tunics <laughs> what what am i they could be two about? monks in there like in Bojack Horseman, <laughs> inside a tunic, like two child monks inside a tunic. I bet wow. monks don't even wear those brown tunics anymore. There's probably a modern monk outfit that we're not aware of. You know, These they wear like monk outfits, <laughs> Steve Jobs style, like black collar, <laughs> and uses some New Balance. I could see them in New Balance. <laughs> they gotta have comfy feet. I'm sure they stand a lot. <laughs> Oh God! Are we being disrespectful? Wow. I don't know. I, I don't. I feel like they're not going to listen to this. The monks of the world, monks of the world, spice of your life. <laughs> every monk and every girl, spice of your life. Ooh, <laughs> Slow to the left if you never be prayed for. to the right, you wearing your tunic. <laughs> Oh my god. We'll go next. We will leave. Um, We should say about our next episode. Which won't be delayed, we think. We (laughs) We hope we hope not. As we Um, get taken out by the monk mafia for this episode. (laughs) Monk Mafia is absolutely my band name of the week. Swedish house mafia, but like after they've, I don't know, been to rehab or something. The next chef that we will be discussing is one that I feel like came up a lot from listeners as well. Is Ms. Anna Jones, queen of the vegan stuff, I would say, vegan veggie stuff too. Mm. We're going to do two books again for this one, aren't we? Two for one. Yes, because I feel like she. You can't do just one of her books. She's she's an icon. She's an icon. I'm literally obsessed with Anna. I'm literally not. You know, I feel like the Anna Jones thing passed me by. And what I always say about when something passes me by, like the only way is Essex, that really passed me by. I'm always like, oh, it just must have happened when I was in Japan. And so I feel like maybe Anna Jones happened when I was in Japan. <laughs> Is this like my like cop out of any like childhood reference or thing? We didn't get that in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay yeah so you were in japan i was growing i was up in, in japan when anna jones rose to fame so i'm excited 
Me too. I feel like I haven't made many of her recipes. There's one that's like, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. It's like a leek and pappardelle one that she has on the Guardian mm. website. And it's great. She's very famous for that. That all in one, like lemony pasta, right? all in one pan oh, lemony pasta. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. like, you know, Italians hate, you know, that would be the BuzzFeed clickbait article. Italians hate this one pot pasta. I you mean, know, one pot pasta definitely went through like an Instagram trendy bit, didn't it? Yeah. Was that a sentence? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's late, lads. I'm going to go now. I haven't had, I haven't had dinner. Me neither. So what are you going to have? I think we've got pizza because we've nice. got to pack this house up. And how long are you going for? <laughs> Just like to stress Mosi out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she gets um, so stressed. My cat. This is when paprika. the <laughs> paprika. My cat or bird. <laughs> she gets very stressed out when the suitcases come out. Well, that's really sad. She'll be fine. I know. <laughs> Neighbours. Oh, yeah. We love those guys. I know about those neighbours. They listen we, to us. You Hi, love guys. Those guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi, Nick and Jamie. Uh, you'll probably be getting uh, some treat from an Anna Jones book in about a week and a half time. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening, lovely listeners. We're sorry yeah. this was late. Yeah, we are on Patreon and you can look us up there and support us and get some extra episodes and things. Thank you for listening. We're going to go, but we love you and bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Cookbook Circle. If you enjoyed it, please do subscribe and leave us a review as it helps others to find us. You can see how recipes from this episode turned out on our Instagram at Cookbook Circle. And if you make anything from the books we talk about, don't forget to tag us. See you next time. Bye. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 